good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read Jude. It is the letter of Jude or the book of Jude. Again, it is a short epistle. It is one, uh, one chapter. So this is going to be our only, our only reading with Jude. Now, um, this letter, in looking at its content and the things that it is in regard of, it is again coming against false teachers and false teaching and against uh, Christians who are basically continuing in ungodly behavior and um, godlessness or they reject authority um, of the elders and of uh, the uh, you know the apostles and the, and the teachings from that that are coming from them so this does not have um, this does have an introduction in my English standard version but it's I don't I don't think it's quite as meaningful as just reading the actual scriptures in this case it is it is good to give you this background where you know uh, but I think we can get that straight out of reading the scripture in this case because he he does talk about this and this is not um, this is not just a letter to like one person for one um, issue this is um, actually a letter <clears throat> more intended to congregation or congregations um, that they would know uh, these things and would you know be uh, what would be wise against uh, against following false teaching for one and for you know accepting authority from Christ and from the disciples and the elders and for not you know also encouraging them to not follow in the path of uh, ungodliness of sin so with that that being my own little rough introduction I want to read Jude now this is Jude there's only one chapter I am reading in the Amplified Bible oh one thing of note Jude is believed to be okay now this is the one thing for my introduction that does make sense is that Jude was probably the half-brother of Jesus Christ and the brother of James so that's interesting to know in that sense Alright, so this is Jude. I'm reading in the Amplified Bible, verse 1. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, writes this letter. To those who are, are the called, God's chosen ones elect, dearly loved by God the Father, and kept secure and set apart for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you, Filling your heart with the spiritual well-being and serenity experienced by those who walk closely with God. So notice that he's saying it's to those, the elect. Now notice what we are. We are kept secure and set apart for Christ. We are dearly loved by God the Father. And we're kept apart. We're kept for the Lord. We're kept for Him to to retrieve when he returns if you want to think of it that way and there's nothing wrong with that because that also is accurate we're kept separate and apart from the world for the Lord's retrieve when he returns 
Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I was compelled to write to you urgently appealing that you fight strenuously for the defense of the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. The faith that is the sum of Christian belief that was given verbally to believers. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, just as if they were sneaking in by a side door. They are ungodly persons whose condemnation was predicted long ago, for they distort the grace of our God into decadence and immoral freedom, viewing it as an opportunity to do whatever they want and deny and disown our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now that's one thing we have to understand. If someone is teaching and preaching that you can just be immoral and do whatever you want because, let's say for instance, they say, well, God will forgive us. We can repent. It'll be okay. That's not justification for doing wrong, for doing sinful things. Now Paul talks about this, I don't know, in I think in a number of letters, but nonetheless it's talked about in some of the other epistles. We don't use the grace and forgiveness and love of our God as an excuse to just commit more and more sin and immoral acts. That is wrong and incorrect. And he talks about these people, they crept in unnoticed. They are ungodly persons. So, you know, they are they are leading others astray with their with their actions and with their I'm gonna call it distorted belief, like he says, distorted the grace of our God into decadence and immoral freedom. And that's that's what we're talking about, and that's that's wrong. You know. It's different we know we're gonna be tempted, we know we're going to mess up, but we should be trying with our heart and our soul to not do those things and to not be that way. So if if you're just making an excuse for yourself to to sin more, then you've missed the message. You've missed the idea. Now I want to remind you, although you are fully informed once for all that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, who refused to trust and obey and rely on him, and angels who did not keep their own designated place of power, but abandoned their proper dwelling place, these he has kept in eternal chains under the thick gloom of utter darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the adjacent cities, since they, in the same way as these angels, indulged in gross immoral freedom and unnatural vice and sensual perversity, they are exhibited in plain sight as an example in undergoing the punishment of everlasting fire. In other words, we need to be aware. So he says, I want to remind you, although you already know this, the Lord did not let the children of Egypt go into the promised land when they refused to trust and obey him. That generation died in the desert. They were not allowed in. Angels who rebelled and abandoned their proper place. He has kept them in eternal chains under darkness for the judgment day. And Sodom and Gomorrah, since they 
In the same way, they indulged in gross immoral freedom and unnatural vice and sensual perversity. They were destroyed. God could not find anyone but Lot and his family in these cities that were, that were righteous, decent people. And so he saved Lot and his family, and they died. They were destroyed. Nevertheless, in the same way, these dreamers who were dreaming that God will not punish them also defile the body and reject legitimate authority and revile and mock angelic majesties. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil, Satan, and arguing about the body of Moses, did not bear, dare bring an abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. But these men sneer at anything which they do not understand, and whatever they do know by mere instinct, like unreasoning and irrational beasts, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the defiant way of Cain, and for profit they have run headlong into the error of Balaam, and perished in the rebellion of mutinous Korah. These men are hidden reefs, elements of great danger to others, in your love feasts when yeah, in your love feast, when they feast together with you without fear, looking after only themselves. They are like clouds without water, swept along by the winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted and lifeless, wild waves of the sea, fleeing up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the gloom of deep darkness has been reserved forever, ever. Unfortunately, this sounds like so many people of today. I mean, it's it's sad. But they they mock and reject and they revile. You know the things of God, the good things of the Lord. They they mock and reject all of that. You know they sneer at anything they do not understand, and they just go by you know sheer instinct and by what they can tell. You know like you know just from human knowledge and then this says like unreasoning and irrational beast which sometimes that is true too these things they are destroyed because you know because of the way their hearts are the way they act the way they're you know they've gone the way of Cain and they think by going to that extreme they've gone to this extreme side of you know, oh, I will go so far as to murder my brother because maybe by doing more wrong, that will make things right. You know, they keep going that way and they keep thinking, and it's not, that's not the way it works. They're like clouds without water. See, clouds without water, that's like just a husk with no spirit, no anything. They're just empty. Swept along by the winds, they're autumn trees without fruit. So, they're doubly dead uprooted and lifeless and lifeless they have no no root and then they don't produce any fruit so they're just they're just lifeless they're just spiritually dead inside and like wild waves of the sea they fling up their own shame they they throw their own shame their own disgrace out there as if that is something to be that everyone should see and everyone should be aware of and maybe others should take pride in or 
you know, they take pride in their shame and they throw their shame out there for all to see and everyone, you know, like everyone else should be happy for them or proud of them for that. You know, so it's it's too bad, but that's that's true. There are people definitely like this. And, you know, notice the example that even Michael, the archangel, when he was disputing with Satan, did not say anything abusive and condemning against him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. See, we don't need to do anything to Satan or the devil. We don't need to say anything bad about him or to him. The Lord has defeated him. He is done. And that's all we need to recognize. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord has taken care of him. We just need to resist him and resist those temptations and those little whispers and just move on with the Lord, following the Lord. All right, verse 14. It was about these people that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied when he said, Look, the Lord came with myriads of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly deeds they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh and cruel things ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are habitual murmurers, griping and complaining, following after their own desires, controlled by passion. They speak arrogantly, pretending admiration and flattering people to gain an advantage. Is that not so much of the world today? Is that not so many of the people that they are murmurers, griping and complaining, following after their own desires. Now, we have to be careful as Christians not to fall into this, too. I'm not talking about just non-Christians. We want to make sure as Christians we don't fall into this. They, they speak arrogantly, you know, pretending admiration and flattering people to gain an advantage. So we have to be careful as Christians to not fall into that, and we have to recognize that a lot of the world... Just because if they are, you know, society as a whole, if they are not believing in God and not following God, then they're, you know, they're following these negative practices, even if they don't realize it sometimes. But as for you, beloved, remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They used to say to you, in the last days there will be scoffers following after their own ungodly passions. These are the ones who are agitators, causing divisions, worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, continually progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatch, snatching them out of the fire. And on, ha on some have mercy but with fear, loathing even the clothing spotted and polluted, by their shameless, immoral freedom. 
So here, he's reminding us of what's already been said. Again, in the last days there will be scoffers following their own passions. And we see that. We see that we're still in the last days. We see that now there are a lot of scoffers and mockers and they, they do follow their own passions and they say that's what everyone should do. Everyone should just live it up and do what they want to do. You know, and some of these are agitators. They cause divisions even in the congregations, even in the church. Now these are these can be true Christians that are causing divisions. They've just allowed themselves to be worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, you know, devoid of the Spirit. They've allowed themselves, you know, they may be Christian, but they're not acting like a Christian. They're not following Christianity correctly. They can be agitators, you know. Now, there are in the world, too. See, that's why I say as Christians we have to watch out for this. But in the world, just look at the world. Look at the things going on in society. There are a ton of agitators causing divisions. They merely want to create chaos for chaos' sake. They just want to create division. And they just want to, you know, they're very carnal and unspiritual. You can see that both ways. You can see that in the world. And if we're not careful, we can see that in the church sometimes. We can see that some people are that way. But you, beloved... Build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. In other words, we need to build ourselves on God's word and make sure that we're acting correctly. Pray in the spirit. You know, keep ourselves in love. Don't create divisions in our congregation or in our church. You know, and where there are divisions, try to smooth some of those edges out. You know, we don't, we don't have to be in dispute about every little thing. You know, we don't have to have these quarrels and, and, and uh, you know, see congregations split over, over issues that probably aren't that important. Now, admittedly, admittedly, there are issues that are very important, but some things, like, like John was talking about previously, about there are some sins that are to death, but there are other sins that we can repent and get forgiveness for and we can teach others, you know. So, we want to make sure. And then he refers to, he says, have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. I think that's saving them from erroneous, false teaching. Teach them correctly. And on some have mercy, but with fear. Okay, and that is that to me is people who are polluted. It says polluted by their shameless and moral freedom. That is people, definitely in society, and some of them may even be Christians, but they are, or they may claim to be Christians. Either way, but we should have mercy on them, but we should be, you know, cautious and be aware that they are committing acts that are definitely wrong and we do not want to be involved in those acts and we don't want to support those acts. So, you know, when someone wants to, uh, well, and there's things that they're doing that are bad for them, and I'm just going to bring this up, like a, a transgender person, okay, um, they are whatever sex they are, 
Okay, their DNA determines their sex, and that's what they are. So they can change their name, and that's fine, and we can call them by whatever name they want. But they are still really male or female. There is no other sex. There is no other genders for people. That's, that's all there is. So, you know, they're still dictated by their DNA what they are. And it doesn't help them. It serves no purpose to call them something they're not. That just feeds a lie and feeds a deception. And it really just hurts them in the long run because they will never be able to be this other thing. I will never be able to change myself into a woman or a cat or a dog or any other animal. My DNA has dictated what I am. That's what I am. That's the way God made me. He said he has formed us in the womb and that's the way we are. And I don't think, you know, we don't want to be hateful or mean. We want to love these people and try to help these people accept what they are. I don't think it helps them. I think it really hurts them to feed their delusion and try to help them change into something they can never be. And it's, that's just wrong. I think I think the world has that wrong. I think society has bought into that incorrectly. So we need to make sure that we have mercy and love on those people, but we need to be careful, you know, that uh, and the same truly the same goes for homosexuality and and uh, uh, oh well and also other things that uh, things that are even you know, more like a pedophilia and different things. We can have mercy on these people and teach them differently, but we can't condone or support anything they do like that. That's, uh, we just can't. It's wrong. And we know that. And it's wrong for them. It's hurting them. That's the problem. It's hurting them. So, now, um, Jude is going to close his letter and, uh, this says, let's see, let me see if I, um, here's how this is said in the introduction. The book of Jude closes with one of the most beautiful doxologies in all scripture. So it's these last two verses. So let me read this to you. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless in the presence of his glory with triumphant joy and unspeakable delight, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power before all time and now and forever. Amen. So that is a great closing and that is wonderful. And, you know, we should be giving our praises to Jesus who does keep us from stumbling and falling into sin and enables us to repent and come back to right standing and be blameless and faultless due to his sacrifice. It's important that we remember that. So I, I think this is a wonderful statement and a wonderful way to say that. And that is the end of Jude. Jude, again, a short letter, uh, but it is more of a general letter written to a congregation or multiple congregations or Christians in general. So we need to be aware and be sure that we are walking in love and that we are having mercy on and loving others but not being deceived and 
not thinking that we can, you know, um, just do whatever we want and act however we want. Um, we can't just be ungodly and we can't pervert the grace of God so that we can, you know, say that we get forgiveness so that allows us to just sin. Anyway, I don't want to just keep repeating myself. However, um, we do need to be careful and watch out for false teachers. We do want to persevere and ignore, I'm going to say ignore, or, you know, basically, you know, not give heed to the scoffers and the mockers. And to watch out for people who would cause division and try not to, uh, not cause any divisions ourselves. So it's important that we do that. But rather persevere in our love and our faith. So that is the letter of Jude. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.